Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. Hey, well, good morning, 11 a.m. You guys are here. You made it. Thanks for coming to ACF. Uh, If you are brand new with us or maybe you're coming back after Christmas Eve, uh, we're just so honored that you would spend this morning with us. Man, it's like, it's almost 2019. Are you guys ready? Yeah, six of you are ready. I get it. I get it. No, I feel the same way. I get it. There's, there's sort of this like, man, it's coming, whether we like it or not, whether we are ready or not. Just before we get into the message here today, you guys, we are so excited. Here uh, this year for New Year's, ACF is putting on a fireworks show in Eagle River. We're so excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm told by the pyrotechnics company that we have a bigger show than Anchorage. So that's been the competition that's been going on. Apparently in Eagle River, you can set off larger shells. And uh, so God bless America. We're going to have a lot of fun. Here's the deal. Um, We need you um, to help. So uh, coming up to Christmas Eve, there's been so much going on between us sponsoring 500 kids in Bobo Gilasso, and then an earthquake, and then all that was Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve was amazing. It was a lot of fun. We had uh, over 20, I think 2,200 people, 2,300 people come through our doors, just loved it. Oh yeah, it's great. Let's celebrate that. You guys are clappers today. I like that. So Lots to celebrate, lots to be thankful for, um, but in all of that, I, I, as a team, we realized, man, uh, just some communication got dropped in all of that, and uh, it takes a lot of people to make these things happen, and honestly, like, the jobs aren't big, but uh, it does take a lot of people to jump in and to be a presence at these events. Here's the purpose of this whole thing. You're maybe wondering, like, you know, fireworks and stuff. We want to be a blessing to our city, and it's important that people know that it's ACF Church that's doing this, um, not just so we can get the credit, but so that people think of the people of God as being a blessing, right? That's what we want our community to think. When they think of the people of God, when they think of Christians, that their thought is Christians equal a blessing to the community. And that's not how all of our friends would think of the church. Can we be honest about that? So we're trying to change that as a church. And we do these things every year uh, to try to change that, uh, that perspective. And so what we need is, here's the deal, just to be honest with you, this service, we need 80 people to jump up and to be part of this thing. So pretty much like every single one of you, um, if you have breath in your lungs, grab that card, and before you leave today, just drop it in the box. Here's the thing. You're not going to miss any of the show. You're going to see it all. It's going to be like a 1,000 feet in the air. So don't worry about it. And you'll be able to enjoy it with your family, but there are some jobs uh, that we'd love for you to do to be wearing a Love All Serve All shirt and just greeting people and showing the love of Christ to people as you show up. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that. We good? Jump in, please. Thank you. Okay. Stuart, Stuart, it will make him, he's stressed. He's got some sweat on his forehead out there in the lobby. So uh, he's been planning this thing for months, but we're, we're excited. It's going to be great. So, um, man, 2018, 2018. Who here is just done with 2018? Anybody done with 2018? Okay. Um, anybody, would you like a repeat of 2018? Anybody here is like, man, it's been a great year, Brian. Like it's been, okay, a few of you. A few of you are like, who's excited about getting a sonic drive-in in Alaska? Anybody here? Okay. Is it true? 
Is it? I think it's true. I see stuff floating around on Facebook, and then I see confirmation, and I see pictures, and I think it's legit. Out in Wasilla, we are getting a drive-in, which is great, right? You're mixing cars and food, two of my favorite things in life. Uh, any car people in the room? Any car guys, car gals like cars? I just love cars. I remember when I was um, 14, learning to drive. We lived in uh, Minot, North Dakota, and in North Dakota, you can drive and get a permit at 14, which I'm thinking, I was so small. I was barely peering over the steering wheel at 14, yet, yet I'm driving this 6,000-pound hunk of steel down the road. And I remember driving with my dad the first time. We're out on the highway just outside of Minot, and we're in my 1979 Ford F-250 with the 400 big block and uh, the automatic transmission. And uh, man, I loved that truck. So we're out on the highway driving along, and I'm doing everything by the book as far as I can tell. I'm you know, being careful and following the speed limit. But then I go to change lanes. And changing lanes is trickier than I thought. Uh, and there's just more to changing lanes. So I thought, okay, so what I've what been told, check your mirrors and then change lanes. But there's one thing about changing lanes that I'd forgotten to do. You know what it is? You got to check that blind spot, right? And so I remember this, this, we're out on the highway, we're cruising down the road, I check my mirrors, I start to change lanes, and my dad just freaks out, stop, right? Because there's a semi-truck right next to me, and I'm like, how did I miss a semi-truck? You know, it's like a 40-foot-long like vehicle in my blind spot. Somehow, um, I probably didn't check my mirrors at all, I probably just, but what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about the reality that we need to look back so that we can go forward. We need to actually take some time to remember, but there's a way to remember that actually propels us into what's next. And there's a reason that the mirrors on the car are much smaller than the windshield, right? Because you don't want to get too fixated on where you've been, but you do need to remember where you've been so we can remember where we're going. And in fact, uh, God's people have always been a people who've been commanded to remember, like, we are a remembering people. That's, that's what we're to do. In fact, in Joshua, there was this moment where uh, the, the, the people of God were commanded to set up these 12 stones to, uh, to, to remind themselves of God's faithfulness as they crossed over into the promised land. And so this is just a, it's a routine, it's a rhythm in the life of Christians that we'd stop and remember God's faithfulness. So I just want to ask you, was God faithful in 2018? Did he do some things? Did he, did he come through in some ways? Did you see him, like, provide for you? Uh, maybe, maybe he provided for you in spite of you sometimes. You're like, man, I don't know how I made it, right? I was terrible at the budget. I did a great job for like a week in January, and then I just threw it out the window for the rest of the year, and yet somehow, here we are, heat's still on, still paying the bills, still moving forward. Uh, maybe you had some good plans to invest in your children, and you just like, man, you kind of threw that away halfway through the year, and yet your kids, man, they're still ticking away. They're, they're doing well. They're doing okay at school, and you know, you know, maybe there were just some things even in your, in your schoolwork, right? You planned on working a little harder this last year, and honestly, you just didn't really do it, and yet you graduated, right? You did it. And so we see God's faithfulness so many times in our lives despite of us, but we need to remember his faithfulness. We have to start there because we are all prone to what I would call spiritual amnesia. We're all prone to, man, God is faithful, he's good. We're like, man, praise you, Jesus, right? And then a week later, we've forgotten completely. Anybody else do that? Praise you, Jesus. I don't know where that came from. But like we're, we're praising Jesus, and then a week later, we've forgotten what he's done for us. I love this. This is Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. 
We are to do, this is a routine, and I'd encourage you today, just stop and give thanks with your whole heart to God. As you worship in a few minutes, you just give thanks to God for his faithfulness to you. But here's the problem. Um, Some people get caught up in remembering. Do you know anybody that's always talking about the good old days? Like you just, like you can't get, it's always stories about the good old days, you know, and maybe you've been to one of your, uh, one of your class reunions, right? And class reunions are just stories about the good old days, right? Everybody comes together to reminisce, and that's a good thing to a certain point, but at some point, remembering the good old days can keep us from stepping forward into new things. It can actually keep us from stepping forward into what God has for us. I love this. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Have you thought about the fact that God's mercies are actually new every morning? His grace is poured out on us in new ways every single day. And yet when we get caught up in just remembering how God used to move or what he did in the past, we can actually miss what he's doing right now. Have you even thought about, as you got up today, like God placed the breath in your lungs this morning. He's given you another day on earth today. He's sustaining you in a million different ways, down to the science of this world and how we just somehow are spinning at this crazy speed. We're not flying off the earth. Like It's crazy how God sustains all that we have and all that we are, but we miss it. We miss what God is doing. So we want to We want to remember so that we can look forward. Remember so that we can move into what's next, what God is calling us into. And we want to be intentional about moving forward because I'll be honest, I wasn't as intentional as I would have liked to have been in 2018. Um, I think many of you maybe would relate to that, that uh, 2018 wasn't as an intentional year as you'd like it to have been. And this worries me in my life because uh, I know that enough unintentional years piled together results in a wasted life. And if you do this enough, if you, and, and as I looked back, I'm like, what do my end-of-year routines typically look like? They typically look like me going, I didn't do what I set out to do. I, I wasn't intentional about living out the commitments that I wanted to live out. And God's faithful, and he's good, and he provides anyway, despite me. But what if we could be more intentional and see God at work? What if there was some breakthrough that God had for us, some things that he wanted to do in our lives that we'd given up on years ago? If you have a Bible, I want you to open up to Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, We're going to be in a a very short text there today. And in this moment, the prophet Isaiah has just reminded God's people about his faithfulness to them. About how God parts the Red Sea and, and he rescues them away from the Egyptians. God has been so faithful to them. And God's people have always been in this routine of um, God's faithful. They cry out to him. He, He rescues them. He heals them. He helps them. They're faithful for a short time, and then they forget about God. And then they walk back into their idols, walk back into their addictions, and they walk away from trust in the Father and faithfulness to Him. And then out of that situation they find themselves in, they find themselves in in bondage in some way or another, being overtaken by some other country in one way or another, and then God rescues them again. So at this point in history, like, God's people have been, um, been taken captive by the Egyptians, by the Assyrians, by the Babylonians. And so at this point, I think, I think I relate to this. They've probably sort of gotten used to being in captive. Like you can almost sort of get used to captivity. It can kind of become a way of life, of just being held captive 
to things. And I wonder, as, as you just start off today, can you think of something that you've sort of just put up with in your life? That you've sort of become used to putting up with this sort, sort of thing in your life and you've just allowed it to be sort of who you are. And maybe you've made those statements before to friends or to your wife or husband like, hey, listen, I know it's bad. It's just who I am. In those words, it's just who I am, are a statement of giving up, right? They're a statement of like, God's big, God's faithful, but he just doesn't want to do this in my life, clearly, or he would have already done it. And I would say these people feel that way in a lot of different ways. Like, man, okay, here we are, back, being taken over by another country again, held in captivity once again. Like, who's next? What's next for us? And here's what the prophet Isaiah says In chapter 43, verse 18, he says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In this first statement, I want to kind of pick apart a little bit this idea that he says, Remember not the former things. It's interesting, right? Because we just read a passage about remembering. And we just talked about how God has always told his people, hey, remember me. Create rhythms in your life that would cause you to see my faithfulness every day. That my mercies are new for you every single morning. Yet Isaiah's like, hey, don't remember the former things. What's he saying? I don't think he's saying that you shouldn't remember what God has done. I think he's saying that what God has done in your life is intended to teach you about who God is. So that you can see what he's doing. What God has done shows us what He's doing. In fact, that's my first point. If you want to write that down today. God wants us to remember what he's done so that we can see what he's doing. He wants us to know who he is and understand his character and understand his personality. I wonder, do you know somebody really well in your life? Like, you just know their routines. You sort of know what they're doing. In fact, I called my wife the other day at about uh, lunchtime, like noon, and she picked up the phone. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Good, good. And I was like, I bet I know exactly what you're doing. She's like, what? I was like, you are sitting at the kitchen table, and you have a tuna fish sandwich with sriracha sauce on it, and you have chips and salsa and a glass of sweet tea. And she was like, nailed it, right? Because I know my wife. She works from home, and she has this routine, and she's really consistent about her routine. And God, what I love about God is he's consistent. We believe God is unchanging. So God himself, in his personality, never changes, but the way he works always changes. Like you can't pin God into a box and go, well, he did this last time, so he's going to do it the same way again. And in fact, as you look at the life of Jesus, as you look at the way that God is faithful to the Israelites, he, it's almost like he intentionally changes things up over and over again just to show them that it's not about that moment. It's not about the way that I worked in that moment. It's all intended for you to understand who I am, that you might honor and glorify me, that you wouldn't just seek my power, but you would seek the person of God who he is, and understand him better. God wants us to remember what he's done so that we can see what he's actually doing. And and this is really important when life really stinks because when we understand God's character, we start to understand his correction. We understand like, okay, this is who God is, and so when things are really difficult, things are really hard, maybe God's not just trying to smite me, right? Maybe God's trying to correct me or trying to teach me things. I know who God is. I know he loves me. I know his mercies are new every morning, so I know that God is probably trying to teach me something in my life. I wonder for you, as you've prayed maybe about 2019 and what's to come in this next year, 
if correction is one of the things you ever prayed for. Um, we have maybe set, uh, you know, commitments and New Year's resolutions. I do that every year, new commitments and goals for a new year. But it's not really often that I say, God, man, I want 2019 to be a great year. Would you correct me? Would you just correct my life? And in fact, somebody after the first service came up and was like, Brian, you know, I, I, uh, my dad used to pray for me sort of in that way. He would pray that God would do whatever it takes in my life so that I might follow him. And he's like, now as a dad, I realize that that's a really dangerous prayer. That God be willing to do, God, I'm just going to submit to whatever it takes. So, but there's this thing that like correction, the correction of God is good. And although if you're like me, like I hate to be corrected, you know, I hate it when my kids correct me. I hate it when anybody corrects me. And yet at the same time, it's so good for all of us when we're corrected, when we deal with struggle, because struggle is an opportunity for God's presence to be made known in your life. And I love this in James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So I read that, and I'm like, man, that is just not how I think of my life. Uh, I don't know if you think of your life like, man, I just love it when trials come. Man, I just love it when I wake up and, you know, I have a plan for my day and it all just, you know, falls apart because everything goes wrong. I love a flat tire on the way to work, you know. I love it when my boss is coming down on me. I love it when my grades are slipped. I love it. Love it, right? It's like, James, what are you talking about? James seems to think that there's something God does, like something special God does through those, those difficult times. You see, I would say that as I think about 2019, for us, for me, a better year is, is greater comfort. As I think about my commitments, and the things I think about and pray for, what I'm asking for in 2019 for a better year would be more comfort. Like I want, I want for, for my family to be happier. I want to be happier. You know, I want for my, my finances to be stronger so that I can spend more on myself, right? You know, I, I want for life to be easier. That's just my natural impulse, but it seems like for God, a greater year is deeper character. That's not how we think. We ask God for comfort. God says, I want to I deepen your character. And, and the place that that happens is through turmoil and difficulty. It's funny, a few weeks ago, um, went out, did some four-wheeling with some friends out at Knick River. And we took some, some ATVs and my Jeep out. My, a friend of mine, Ryan, um, he, he, was, he brought this ATV. It's got tracks on it, super cool looking. And we left the parking lot. We were like 100 yards from the parking lot. And he goes through this mud hole that had ice on the bottom of it. Didn't realize it goes through. Gets stuck in the middle. And we spent five hours, 200 yards from the parking lot, trying to get this ATV out of the mud hole. And, and this is what it looked like. So if you don't know anything about uh, machines, that backtrack's not supposed to look like that. Um, this was a mess. Like, this was a disaster. There were people driving by all day laughing at us, you know. Like, it was a total train wreck. We're cold. Our boots are full of water. Finally, we get back home, and my wife greets me at the door, and I just I look like a soaked rat, right, after doing all this. And she's like, man, I'm so sorry your wheeling trip went so terribly, right? And I was like, are you kidding? It was awesome, right? And it, it actually was. I wasn't, I wasn't just saying that for, for me. Like, that's a, I, I've been making fun of Ryan for that for like weeks now. It's been awesome. And it's funny when you think about it, like you never think of, 
and remember experiences that go well, do you? You only remember the ones that just sucked in the moment, right? Can we be honest about that? Like, those are the stories we tell. And, and, and had we gone out and come back and everything was perfect, we would have learned nothing. I'm telling you what, we learned a lot on this trip. And, and it's the same way in life. Like, I get it. We all want everything to go perfect. We want it to go right. And, and, and God blesses our willingness to be obedient and to make good choices. And, and this isn't an excuse to actually just, you know, walk into pain for no reason or to choose unhealthy things. But what I'm saying is when you have turmoil, when you have problems, when you have issues, that is right where God wants to be present. That is right where God wants to show up and teach you and I things. Verse 19 of Isaiah says this, Behold, I am doing a new thing. This word behold is like, it's like an exclamation point. Like behold, like look up. Get your eyes off of your blind spot, right? Because we all know this. You keep staring at the blind spot, you're going to go into the ditch at some point. He's like, yes, look at what I've done. See where I've been, that's fine. But behold, look up. I am doing a new thing. God is always taking us somewhere. And we believe this as Christians, that, that there's this kind of arc of history, and God is actually moving the world somewhere, and, and there's this kingdom that God is going to establish on earth as it is in heaven. And we believe that things are coming to this, this changing point where Jesus will return. And so there's this story that is, that is coming, that's developing, and it's all coming to this beautiful crescendo in the end. And so we're not to be the kind of people that are like, man, God's just sort of this this God that used to do things. He, he used to be at work in my life. He used to be at work in the world. No, God is at work right now. I shared with a few of you that uh, I recently went on a trip to Czech Republic. And uh, we've got some, some friends, Brent and Liz Hoffman. You guys might be with us online, actually, with us. And uh, yeah, you can clap for Brent and Liz. We love those guys. Um, they're always watching in Prague on Facebook Live. So uh, if you want to chat with them, you can chat with them on there. But uh, spend some time with them. Uh, they're teaching English, uh, doing classes. They're learning the language there in Prague. And, and what they shared with me is that, uh, that Czech Republic is one of the most atheistic countries in the world. And that Prague is actually the most atheistic city within the most atheistic country in the world. And I learned that less than one half of 1% of the population would consider themselves to be Christians. I mean, that's like, that's a, that's a low number. And I had the opportunity to go to, to these classes and share what's going on at ACF Church. Um, I was able to share some stuff about like Impact Eagle River. They were really interested in that. And I was able to ask some questions. Because these people in these classes, you know, some might have some understanding of the church and others have never stepped foot in a church. And I said, what do you think of when you think of Christianity? Like, what do you think of when you think of God or think of the church? And here, here are the top three things that I heard. One of the words that I heard from everyone was the word outdated. Something that's just sort of outdated. Something that's just old, you know? Like, maybe that was, that's just something that used to be here, right? Which for them, there's a lot of history with the church. And all these ornate buildings that people come to to visit, to tour, like churches are a place to go tour, not necessarily a place of, of worship where people are being led to Jesus. So outdated, um, they think of old empty buildings, right, uh, where, where nothing's really going on except for maybe tourism. Uh, another thing that I kept hearing was something for the children. Like when you think of God, when you think of Christianity, when you think of the church, you think of something for the children. And it's interesting, that's where this whole thing leads you when you stop believing that God is doing new things. 
And, and, and some of you, would, I would say, probably land in one of these camps. Like, maybe you're here today and you don't believe in God. Like, your wife or husband brought you to church today or a friend, you know, promised to buy you, you know, a gordita after church. And you're like, that's fine. I'll put up a church for some lunch. I don't know why you're here. But there are people that, um, that might be here or might be listening online who would say, man, I, I don't know. When I think of God, I do think of something that's outdated. Think of the church. Like, man, I, we've, we've moved way beyond that, haven't we? When we move beyond that. Um, some people think of like old empty buildings when they think of church, like just kind of creepy old buildings without much life going on. That's why I love that we do a lot of stuff outside at ACF Church. We're always trying to do things in the community to show people like the church is alive because Jesus is alive, right? Like we're always communicating something about God by the way that we live and act as a church. And some of you might be here and you came today for your children. Like you literally came back to church Maybe you're introduced to it as a child, or you used to be really involved, and then your kids got older, they started asking questions about God, and you're like, honey, I don't know how to answer any of this stuff. Like, we got to get them to some Sunday school, we got to get them to church. But I wonder if you would consider that there is more going on today in the spiritual realm than that. I wonder if you might consider that God is actually at work. This is what the prophet Isaiah is saying, is that, man, God is doing new things, and he's constantly at work, and, and we are seeing that in our midst as people take steps towards Jesus, as people are healed, as people are, are brought into community who are otherwise isolated. And I, I love seeing that around us. For some of you, the way you've seen God hasn't changed since you were a kid. I mean, it, honestly, you see God the same way you saw him when you were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And instead of having a childlike faith, what you have is sort of a childish faith. And yet we're to move on from that so that we might see that God is alive. Hebrews 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. What he's telling these, these early Jews is like, hey, they would have been really familiar with these different Old Testament uh, laws and rituals. And they would have had a tendency to want to go back to those things and to trust in what they used to know. And yet he's, the writer is trying to encourage them, hey, no, get back to Jesus because Jesus is alive. Jesus is resurrected. Jesus is at work around you. Don't miss that all of this, all of this stuff that you've learned was intended to point you to Jesus. And if it doesn't, if what you learned in Sunday school growing up hasn't brought you to the feet of Jesus, then what, you, what you're left with is, is a faith that's probably kind of dead. A faith that's like, man, there's not a lot going on. I'm not very excited about it. I don't really see God at work. But this, this encouragement here is that we would step on to maturity, that we would step out in faith, that we'd see that Jesus is alive and at work in the world around us. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, Now it springs forth. This idea of springing forth is like a, like a plant sprouting from the ground. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I wonder for you today, are you missing what God is doing? Are you, are you not seeing that he's at work around you? For me, my biggest issue is that I tend to be a perfectionist and I really hate failure. Um, and I hate, to, I hate to do things that I'm going to fail at. Like I like to organize my life in a way that if I'm going to try something, I'm going to win. Um, anybody else? Am I alone in that? Okay, a few of you. That's, that's cool. I appreciate that. I'm not alone. I like to succeed at things, so I want to try things that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win at, that are going to make a big impact, right? 
I really struggle with small things. I struggle with things that could potentially lead me to struggle and to fail and have to get up again. And the second thing I want you to write down today is this. Don't devalue, devalue your progress in light of perfection. What God is asking for is progress, that you would take what we call a next step. And I love that language because everybody in this room, wherever you're at, you have a next step with Jesus. Your next step might be just to start coming to church consistently, that in this new year, you're like, man, I'm just going to trust that God is actually doing new things, that he wants to, to have some breakthrough in my life, that some of these things I've gotten used to, that he actually wants to work in. And part of taking a, a step of faith in that direction is to be in community, to position myself to keep hearing the word, to be around other healthy people that are going to encourage me in that way. But if you're like me, there's a resistance to this sometimes because it might seem just like a small thing. Like we really minimize small steps. But small steps are how we make big progress. And that's just how it works in life. And that's how it works in the kingdom of God. Jesus says this in Mark 4. It says this in verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. What Jesus is communicating is that his kingdom is built differently than our kingdom. Like, we live in this kind of mechanical, post-industrial revolution, like, A plus B equals C type of world, right? Like, I like measurable outcomes. I like when I can control it. And Jesus is like, my kingdom doesn't work that way. It's like seeds in the ground, and they grow, and you don't know how it happens, right? Like, you might go, you might, oh, I went to third grade science. I know something about a seed. But listen, like, it's a miracle. It's just a miracle how it works. And and yet we tend to resist those types of things, but that's how good things happen. That's how big things grow are from small things, right? Relationships take time and effort, right? Amen, married people. It takes time and effort, right? If you're here today and you're like, man, I just don't know the Bible that well. I get scared talking to people about the Bible. You got to start somewhere, right? I mean, just verse of the day on the Bible, I just start reading a little bit at a time and you will get to know the Bible, it can be so intimidating to take a step because you want this big thing, but the only route to whatever it is that God wants to do that's miraculous in your life is for you to be obedient in the small things. And Jesus even says this in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 10. It says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you the true riches. And sure, that's a verse that's oftentimes used when it comes to trusting God with our finances, but it's about so much more than just finances. Like, like We're like, man, God, I want to be used by you in an amazing way in the church. I want to I see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus through me. But, but God's like, hey, you just, I put this person in your life, and, and would you just invite them out, out to coffee? Like, would you just start with that? Or maybe you're in a, you're in a small group, and, and God's like, put some things on your heart, and, and he's like, would you just try to lead your small group once in a while and step out and lead in that way? Like we all, and, and people do this sometimes, they want to go right to the front. But you got you to gotta start with small things. That's how everything started. ACF Church, we started as small things. 
I was just thinking this morning, like, today is the last day of three services every week. We're going to four next week. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool. And, and you're like, why are we doing that? Because we tell you to bring your friends to church, and you guys actually do it, which is awesome. So, like, we keep kind of getting to this space. We're running out of room, and we want to make sure that, that our friends have a place to sit. Here's what I know. Here in a couple weeks, there will be some services that look a little smaller. And some of you are going to be like, oh, no. Are we okay? Let me trust you. We're good. We're good because big things start as small things. When I got here to ACF Church, we were 30 people. We had these curtains that came all the way to the back of the room. And it would have been easy to despise small things. And I want to, I want to be part of a big church. But we had 30 people who were like, man, we feel like God is putting something in our hearts. And so every empty chair in the room, you know what we started doing? We started seeing those as an opportunity. Like every empty chair in the room today, that's like your friend or your neighbor, or your mother, or whoever it is that you've been praying would receive Jesus. So we pray. We love it. I love empty chairs. It's a chance to pray that God would bring people to the harvest. And I love this. There's this idea in this passage that like, hey, stuff grows out of the ground. You don't really know how it happens. You just got to be obedient to scatter the seed, right? You got to be faithful with those small things. Even Jesus himself, think about this. I love this in Matthew 21, 42. It says, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? Do you know what he's, what he's saying? Like, what is the stone the builders rejected? Jesus. Yeah. Like, Jesus is the stone the builders rejected. Now he's the cornerstone of the church. And isn't it cool that, that, that Christ came as a child? We just celebrated this at Christmas, Right? Like how awesome it is, in our faith, we celebrate a baby. I don't know any other religions that do that, but we celebrate a baby because he grows up to be a man who's ultimately the savior of the world, right? So we celebrate this this child, this this very fragile human being who is also God in the flesh. It's just crazy. So even in Christ coming to the world, even in his presence in the world, he comes in such a way to show us how the kingdom of God works. Small things growing into big things in a way that's just beyond us. Like what God does through this community, what God does through ACF Church, it's so far beyond us. It's so far beyond me. I just love what happens around us because we can say, man, that's just, that's just God at work. I know not how it's done, but we just got to be faithful in those small things, whatever they may be. He says this, he says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I wonder for you if there's some desert, some wilderness in your life. What, what is being said here is that God loves to make roads through all the weeds of our lives. He loves to make rivers where there should be no water, where, where no good things are happening. God creates these pathways and these opportunities. But understand this, what God wants to do is create opportunities. He positions us for blessing, but he won't push us into it. Roads and rivers don't do anything for you if you don't get on them, right? You you can appreciate a road from a distance, but it does nothing for you unless you get on it and start walking. Or a river, it's not going to get you anywhere unless you get in a boat and you start swimming and you'll get somewhere down the river. And and the same thing is true in the kingdom of God. Same thing is is true of your 2019, is that God, God is opening doors. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but God is creating opportunities for you. I guarantee he is. At a base level, he's saying, hey, would you just be obedient to me uh, in this one way in your life? 
Like, hey, there's this thing that you've allowed to just be part of your life. There's this addiction or this unhealthy thing that you've just said, that's who I am. I'd like you to get rid of that because I have a pathway for you to, to blessing, to something greater. Or over here, you're, God's like, hey, I've given you a child or three children, and th- these, these are the first people that you should be discipling. So you, you got your head out here like, like, would you just disciple your children well? I've given you influence in your school or in your workplace. And like, would you start with that? And that is you being willing to get on the road. And that positions you to see God do new things in your life. And I will tell you, if you're thinking today about taking a next step and you've got some fear, and you go, well, what if, what if it goes wrong? What if it's difficult? Know this. This last thing is so huge that grace flows freely when we choose to follow God. Like the greatest way for you to kind of kind of dam up the grace in your life and to keep it out of your life is that you resist obedience. But if you want grace to flow freely on your life, just try some things that God's actually been telling you to do. Try stepping out in faith and and, and reading the scriptures and going, okay, it just says to do this. I'm going to just actually try to do it. And as you do that, what you're doing is you're taking a step towards maturity. You're moving on from elementary things and going, okay, all of this is ultimately about Jesus. I'm just going to take steps towards him. I'm going to take steps towards Jesus, whatever it takes. Grace flows freely when we choose to follow God. There is enough grace for you to struggle. There's enough grace for you to step out and to have a hard time with something. God wants to pour his grace out on you as you choose to be obedient to him. Remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. So let me encourage you with this as we close. Stop obsessing about how God used to move. If you're a Christian here today, and, or maybe you, at one point in your life you're like, Brian, I've got this story about when I was really on fire. That's the language. I was really on fire for Jesus. I went to this conference or this one church service or this one worship song, and you keep like going back to the conference or back to the worship song or back to, to whatever it is, and you're like, man, God's got to do it this way again. I think what's being said here is that, is that we have to remember what's God, what God has done without worshiping how he did it. Like, remember what he's done, but don't worship how he did it. God is always changing the way he works around us to show us that ultimately those things are to, to direct our attention towards the giver of good gifts. God wants to bless us, wants to work in our lives, but ultimately all those things are about him. And where God's people have always gone wrong is they've started worshiping the location that God moved once or the tool by which God, uh, God used these things to, to move. And so they come back to the, to the location or the tool or whatever it was and they start to worship those things. And they were all intended to direct their attention towards God. So here's a way to pray. Because God's been faithful this year in your life in one way or another. Here's a way to pray. Just pray this. God, do it again, but different. Just, I want to see you be faithful again. I want you to do it just like you did in that season of my life when you were doing miracles and where you just seemed so real to me. Do it again, but just different. Like, I'm not looking for a replay. I want to move forward. I want to see what's next. I want to be part of something new. And so what does it look like for you to take a step like that in your life? Because... Here's the deal. We're all at a, at a crossroads today. Um, I was thinking today about this, that some of you in this room probably won't be here next year. Like, some of you in the next year, in 2019, will walk away from your faith completely. 
You're like, man, I tried that, went to church a couple times, uh, it wasn't really my thing. And you, you just kind of walk away. Um, others of you physically won't be here. Like, like Jesus says, hey, you can't depend on tomorrow, right? Don't promise you're going to go here or go there. Like, all you have is today because, like, life is short and our days are numbered. So some, some people here may not be here in a year physically. Uh, somebody here, you might not be married in a year. And so we all have decisions that we're making right now. And these decisions and directions will determine the ultimate destiny of our lives. But you have to take a step. You have to be willing to try something and trust that God's grace is sufficient as I fail and as I struggle. But I'm sure as heck going to keep trying. And on your seat, real quick, before we close, um, or maybe as you came in, there was an insert that you got. And I, I want to encourage you to, to walk through this in the next couple days. Um, even if you do it past January 1st, it's, it's okay. But I've just called this like the ACF Church Family Summit. And what you've got there are the different values of our church. And underneath each of those values are questions that I'd love for you to ask. So here's what I want you to do. If, if, you're, if you've got a family, that you'd get together with your family, make a great dinner, and that you all as a family would tell stories, maybe tonight, about God's faithfulness to you. Uh, maybe you're, you're single, you've got some friends. Grab some friends and just tell stories of God's faithfulness to you over the last year. And then walk through those questions about how you can take steps forward, making these, these moves of trusting God in the little things. And as you do, what you'll do is you'll posture yourself for God to do new things in your life. You'll posture yourself for the blessings of God. You'll position yourself to see God do new things and for your faith to feel alive in this next year. So let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you help us to move forward and that you don't want to leave us where we are. God, it's really easy to settle. And uh, God, I just confess that there are things in my life, um, sin in my life that I've just gotten used to, um, that I've sort of learned to cope with. And yet, God, you never told us to cope with our sin. You want to crush our sin. You want to heal us from our sin. You want to restore us. And God, I, I just, I confess that there's parts of my life that I've kind of given up on and forgotten that you are doing new things all the time and that your mercies are new every single day. And God, would you impress it upon us first of just the number of ways that you are pouring out your mercy and grace on us that we don't even realize every single moment of our lives. And beyond that, God, would you show us what our next step is? What the, the small move that we can be faithful with is? That we wouldn't be discouraged or overwhelmed by the mountain of things that we want to get done and all the different things we want to change this next year. God, would you show us the one thing that we can do to be faithful with the small things you've placed in our hands? God, because your word says that if we're faithful with small things, then you can trust us with big things. And we want to be trusted, God. So move us forward this year, we pray, God. We're looking forward to new things. We're grateful for Jesus. We worship you now. We pray it in your name. Amen. Love you guys.